Turn our Bibles again this morning to the book of John, John chapter number 6, John chapter number 6, and today we'll read again verse 5 through 14. Uh, This is the third Sunday morning in a row uh, that we'll bring our message from this text, and there'll be several more Sundays uh, where we bring our our message from this text uh, as we find the account of the, the miracle of the five loaves and the two fishes, and I trust that thus far... Uh, We've been blessed uh, by what the Lord has has showed us uh, these few weeks, and we look forward to seeing what God has for us this morning. John chapter number 6, we'll begin reading with verse number 5. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? This he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here, which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number about five thousand. Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. We've looked at this passage of Scripture now for three Sundays in a row. And as I mentioned to you a couple of weeks ago, that uh, we would take our message from a statement, uh, different statements in this passage of Scripture. This morning I want to draw your attention to verse number 9. The Bible says there's a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes. But I want you to notice the next phrase. But what are they among so many? When you read what God did in this miracle, then you read this question, we are instantly reminded of the frailty of man. Last week, we spent some time on verse number 6, for he himself knew what he would do. Jesus already knew what He was going to do. And in each and every one of our lives, and collectively as a church, God knows what He's going to do. But we look at verse number 9, and we see that question, but what are they among so many? That's my message this morning, is that question. What are they among so many? Father, I pray this morning that Your will would be done. May the message that You've placed on my heart be exactly what we need today. Father, I pray that we would be reminded that uh, you already have the answer. You already know what you're going to do. But Father, may we look at the frailty of man today. May we look at the limitations that man has and be reminded that you are not limited by our limitations. Father, I pray if there's one unsaved in the service, watching online, listening by radio, Father, I pray that They would realize their need of a Savior today. They would realize that religion cannot save them. Their own goodness cannot save them. 
but only through the applied blood of the Lord Jesus Christ can they be saved. Father, I pray that today would be their day of salvation. And Father, for the child of God, for the saint today, may we be encouraged by what we're reminded of. May we be challenged. May we be reminded to place our faith in the one who is so much greater than us. And Father, I pray that you'll bless our time together, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. A statement, a question that certainly gets my attention every time I read the account of this miracle in John chapter 6. But what are they among so many? What is it, what are the circumstances that brought that disciple of God, Andrew, a man certainly who had faith, but we're reminded that even men who have faith, we don't have all the faith that we need. What would make him make that statement not just make the statement in a vacuum, make the statement in passing, but to make that statement in the very presence of the Son of God. We must remember the context that this story takes place. When Andrew says, but what are they among so many, he certainly was focused on the obstacle that was in front of them. I remind you that Jesus posed the question. Jesus is the one who got them thinking about uh, the people and the needs and the obstacle that it was to meet those needs. They already knew uh, that there is not enough that they had to meet the need. Uh, they knew that it would take a year's worth uh, of salary for everybody to just get a little bit. But what we see is really a focus on an excuse our little is often used as an excuse. We don't have much. He brings in the context. There's a lad here. He's got five loaves and two fishes. And this is the miracle of the five loaves and two fishes. This is the third Sunday in a row. We've talked about the miracle of the five loaves and two fishes. And now they have five loaves and two fishes. Just a couple of verses before that, they didn't think they had anything. Now they have discovered. They've taken an inventory. They've had campaign fellowships. Uh, they've had all of these things together, and they have discovered they've got five loaves and two fishes, and they've got to feed 5,000 people. Then the question is posed, but what is that? What are they among so many? Hey, Lord, we got five loaves and two fishes. There's a lad who has a little lunch, but we already know it would take a year's salary to pay, buy enough bread to feed everybody, but what are they among so many? Before we're too critical and too harsh with Andrew, may we take an inventory of our own faith. What is my talent among so many? What is my time among so many? What is my treasure among so many? What is my life? among so many? What is my family among so many? What is my church among so many? Oh, what is my labor among so many? And even sometimes, as we're reminded of the importance of prayer this morning in song, what is my prayer in light of such a great need that I have? See, we make the same mistake as the disciples 
by looking at the situation the only way we know how through a human perspective. Andrew said, but what are they among so many? Andrew, and I've, I've, I've showed you by belief that I believe this was a Baptist group, and here's another reminder of how this is a Baptist group. Uh, all he could focus on is what they did not have. It was not in a, hey, we've got, five, we've got five more loaves than we thought we had. We've got two more fish than we thought we had. So we got five loaves and two fish. Almost, we wish we didn't even have that. Then we wouldn't know how far we are from what we need. But what are they among so many? We already knew what it would take. A year's salary. Perhaps they were discouraged by what they did not have. Sounds like it, doesn't it? Maybe there was a discussion about what they did not have. Isn't that the way we do as God's people many times? We talk about what we do not have instead of talking about what we do have. Can you imagine Andrew and Philip and them whispering amongst themselves in the presence of the Son of God? Well, he asking us how we're going to feed these people. We know it would take a year's worth of salary. We don't have that. We have five loaves and two fishes, but that's not going to do us any good. So what is it that we do not have? How many times do we do that in our own life? When we are presented with an obstacle, we're presented with a need as an individual, as a home, as a church, we forget to look at what we do have, and all we want to focus on is what we do not have. In the life of so many Christians, you ask them how things are going, they will tell you everything they do not have. They will tell you all the things that have gone wrong. I mean, it's, it's a dangerous thing, and it's a natural kind of statement to make when you come to church on Sunday morning, and it's just kind of natural to say, so how are you doing? Sometimes that's good to ask, and sometimes it's bad to ask. And after I get the replay of every doctor's visit through the week, and every phone conversation between family, I realize what they do not have. You, you face with a problem today. You know that you can pray about it, don't you? But what are they among so many? As a people, we have needs, but what do we really have in light of the greatness of the need? If we're not careful, we'll make the same mistake that these disciples made. Now I would remind us that God is preserved for us and lets us see their, their humanity and their flaws this morning to remind you and I that these are great men of faith. These men had greater faith than I believe you and I have, but yet they still did not have perfect faith and all they could see was what they did not have. And friend, in the life of a church, in the life of a Christian, it is a dangerous thing to just focus on what you do not have. I do not have the ability. I do not have the means. I do not have the time. Instead of focusing on who you do have. It's not about what we have or not have. It's about who we do have. And friend, I have a God who spoke the stars into existence. I have a God who is not governed by the laws of science. He wrote the laws of science. I have a God who created me and knows everything about me. I have a God who's above all things. It really doesn't matter what I don't have. 
I'll make two statements by way of introduction, then we'll get into the outline this morning. Never underestimate what you have that God can use. Never underestimate what you have that God can use. I wonder how inferior that little lad felt as he offered the five loaves and two fishes. Five loaves is a long way from 200 penny worth of bread. But I'm so glad that that lad did not underestimate what God could do with what he had. Never underestimate what you have that God can use. And never underestimate what God can do with what you have. There's a lot of times Christians won't offer what they have because they underestimate what God could do. Don't underestimate the little that you have. Oh, as a church, God's church advances by faith. It has since the book of Acts. It continues today. And sometimes we look at a world that we're supposed to win with the gospel and we say, there's no way. We don't have enough. Friend, we have a God who will empower us and enable us. Well, we're reminded of our frailty. We're reminded of our inadequacy. Never underestimate what you have that God can use. Five loaves, two fishes. Figuratively speaking and making the analogy this morning, I wonder who in this room has five loaves and two fishes. You would measure your talent as just five loaves and two fishes. You'd measure your time and your treasure by five loaves and two fishes. You'd measure your ability by five loaves and two fishes. You, you feel inadequate when you go to pray. You feel even more inadequate when you're done praying. Because you know as flesh, as you enter into the presence of God, you, you see the bigness of the problem that you face. Friend, this morning we must not underestimate what God can do, what we do have. We ask the question, what are they among so many? Let me answer that question for all of us and for Andrew this morning. What are they among so many? Number one, they were available. What is five loaves and two fishes? Well, in this story, they were available. That's all God needs is something that is available. See, we make the mistake as Christians to sit on a church pew and analyze what we don't have, and we fail to see that all God needs is availability. All God needs for you to be used is to be available. All God needs to bless a church is for that church to make itself available. You say, why did God use five loaves and two fishes? Because that's what he had. And friend, before we get too big and too, and too full of ourselves, uh, any man who's ever stood and preached this, to preach this book, why did God use him? Because that's all he had. And why does he use that Sunday school teacher? That's all he's got. Hey, you feel inadequate as a parent this, this morning? Well, let me tell you, you are inadequate, but all God needs for you to rear your children according to that book is just make yourself available. All God needs to use you to win somebody else to Christ is to make yourself available. All God needs is the talent that you do have to make it available, the time you do have to make it available. Why did God use five loaves and two fishes? Well, what is that among so many? 
Pastor, I hear you say we've got to make these commitments. I hear you say we need to serve more. I hear you say we need to be a greater witness. I don't have those abilities. This is all I have. I ask you the question, you ask the question, what are they among so many? It's what's available. God has never used anybody who was not available. God has never used anything that was not available. What are they among so many? Compare, can you imagine? We read about the five loaves and two fishes, and I'll talk more about this next week, and, and we, 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 they've become kind of legendary. Like they were magic five loaves and two fishes. They were five little pieces of bread and two little bitty fishes. These weren't the, the size of fish that you men lie about catching. These were, these were, these were little fish, sardine-like fish. Can you imagine... Holding, before we criticize Andrew, he's holding this in his, in his hands. And there's 5,000 men. Now, you compare this to that, it's a natural response for a man. What are they among so many? We as a church, we look at what we've been commissioned to do and we look at the billions of people in the world and we may say, look at the resources we have. We look in our own city of over a million in population and we say, how in the world are we going to make a difference in the city? Yes, we have some things, but in comparison, what is it among so many? All it has to be is available. All it has to be is in the proximity of God. So what are they among so many? They're available. You know what God will use today? Those that are available. The question, what are they among so many? I, I answer it this way, number two. The five loaves and two fishes, they were offered. Don't miss this important truth. They were available because the lad brought them that day. They were used because they were not only available, they were offered. And might I be just blunt this morning as your pastor? As I look around the room, there's a lot available for God to use. But has it all been offered? Every life God will use if it's offered. Every weakness God will use is if it's offered. Every ability, every strength God will use if it's offered. Every parent God will use if it's offered. Every Christian God will use if it's offered. Every church God will use if it's offered. What are they among so many? They were offered. And I'm afraid there's a lot of miracles that are never seen, not because God cannot do it, not even because the ingredients were not there for it to be done, they were just held on to by stingy Christians. This is my lunch. Sounds a lot like this is my life. This is my loaves. Sounds a lot like these are my children. Oh, this is, these are my, this is my lunch. This is what, what I have. 
this is what, if, if I give it, then I don't have it. I deserve this. Sounds a lot like a lot of Christians who say, this is what I want to do with my life. This is what I want to do with my time. This is what I want to do with what God's given me. Can I really make that bigger? What is just my life? There's a whole world. Somebody else can do it. Friend, what are they among so many? They were available, but they were offered I wonder, figuratively speaking, how many weeks, week in and week out, children of God, Christians walk into the house of God with their five loaves and two fishes, and God says, what what are we going to do? There's a great need. How is this going to be provided? Well, I look around. Well, it's really not going to make a difference anyway, and we take what we have back out the door with us, and we never offer it to God, and God never uses it. Can I tell you why you aren't being used by God. It's not a God problem. Let me go further. It's not an independent fundamental Baptist church problem either. Let me go a little further. It's not a pastor problem. It's not a parent problem. It's an offering problem. Are we going to offer what we do have? I'm convinced that there are, there are Christians sitting in this room even today. God wants to use you. God will use you. You're exactly what God needs to do a work, to do a miracle, but you just refuse the offer because you can't see how it would happen. What are they among so many? They were offered. I, notice, I make this observation from John chapter number 6. Did you notice that Jesus didn't demand the five loaves and two fishes. You think Jesus knew they were there? Well, I think he knew they were there because he's God, first of all. And in verse number 6, he says, For he himself knew what he would do. He knew the five loaves and two fishes were there. He knew as God he could take that and feed everybody and have leftovers. Jesus did not demand the loaves. Just like today, Jesus does not come, God does not come to you and I and say, I demand you to be a witness. I demand you to give financially. I demand you to serve in missions. I demand you to be in the house of God. Oh no, whatever God demands we would have no choice but to do, but that's not what he does. Oh, how much honor did God give because there was a little lad who said, he can have what is mine. Jesus did not demand it. And friend, today he is not going to demand from you what you have that he can use. He wants you to just simply offer it. He wants you to say, I don't know what you can do with it, but it's what I have so you can have it. I, and some of you, you've been, you were away from the Lord or, or you got saved late in life and, and you still let that old devil tell you that God would never use you and, and God could never use your life. Let me tell you something, you just offer it to him. What is it amongst so many? What is it among the, in this world? What could I possibly do for the cause of Christ? You just offer it. He's not going to demand it from you. For every husband and wife, you ought to offer your marriage to the Lord. It all for your children to the Lord. Every 
Christian ought to offer their life to the Lord. Well, is it really going to make a difference? Let God see what He can do with it. He's not going to demand it from you. It's something that we freely give. Just like He does not demand somebody trust Him as Savior. He's not going to demand you give your life to Him. He, he did not demand the five loaves and two fishes. See, the offering of the five loaves and two fishes revealed the heart of the lad. You know, when you offer yourself to God, when you offer what you have to the Lord, it shows your heart. Who are we to judge whether or not God can use the meager things that we have? It is a slander against our God. I'm afraid we don't realize it sometimes. To go ahead and predetermine that God can't use us. Friend, God uses who He wants to use. And typically it's the person who doesn't think they can be used. Who, who, it's a slander against God to say, well, he couldn't make anything out of my life or, or he, he's not going to use. It would be a slander against God and we would miss out on blessings of the church to say, God can't do the vision he's put in our heart. God can't use the pieces that are here to make a difference. God can't use the things that he's assembled here to really affect the cause of Christ. It just has to be offered. What are we to do as a church in the days and the weeks ahead? We offer what we have and we let God use it because He's never going to demand it. Never going to demand it. He will not demand your time, your talent, your treasure. He's just going to ask you to offer it. Don't be afraid to offer what you have. What are, what are they among so many? We continue, number three. What are they among so many? They were blessed. Look at verse number 11. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given things, he distributed to the disciples. See, this is, this is key. Five loaves and two fishes will never feed 5,000 people until God gets a hold of it. Your, your talent can't be used unless God gets a hold of it. Your life... Um, God used your life to, to perform a miracle? I mean, I'm looking around. Are you kidding me this morning? Until God gets a hold of it. Your little meager 10%, your gift of missions, your gift to a building program, that don't really make a difference until God gets a hold of it. I, I, I'm inadequate. I, I'm insufficient. I, I can't, I mean... Figuratively speaking, I look at this great crowd of 5,000 people and we look at what we face in life and we say all that we have mustered together, all of us together, is five loaves and two fishes. These are disciples of Christ. And the best they could get together was five loaves and two fishes. Friend, don't make the mistake this morning as a member of the Emmanuel Baptist Church to have your head on a swivel looking around. It's looking at what God has assembled and said, there's just not enough here. This is all we can come up with until God gets a hold of it. He wants it available. He wants it offered. And then when he blesses it, watch what God will do. He blessed. What was it among so many that was blessed? You read of so many 
ordinary Christians in history who did extraordinary things for God. How did that happen? It was an ordinary life that God blessed. It was someone who made themselves available, and then God got a hold of it, and God blessed it. I think sometimes we fool ourselves into thinking that we've got to be self-sufficient for God to use us. You don't have to be perfect for God to use you. Because let me help you, you're not. And you can try, and you can try, and you can try, and you can pretend and pretend and pretend. The secret's out this morning. There's not a perfect person in here. But when it comes to God, there doesn't have to be. God specializes in blessing the insignificant so that it's significant. I wonder what would take place if everybody in this room gave of themselves wholly to God. And quit using the excuses that I don't talk like so-and-so, or I don't come from the background of so-and-so, and I don't have the ability of so-and-so. I don't have the means of this person. And, and oh, I agree that it needs to be done, Pastor. We, we need to reach our city. We need to reach the world. It just ain't us. Oh, it's not us until we offer it. And then God blesses it. You can't do it of your own power. I can't do it of, your, of, of my power. It's got to be blessed of God. God blessed the five loaves and two fishes. This is the third week in a row we've read this passage of Scripture, so I hope by now you are very aware of the ending of this story. Was there enough for the 5,000? There is more than enough. For that's why I decided in, in using the building program we're going to, that's why I decided I'm just going to throw it all out there. We're going to be bold because we got a God that's beyond what you and I have. We have a God that's beyond what you and I need. And we just got to give to God what we have. And when He blesses it, it'll do what it's supposed to do. All we have to do is be available. All we have to do is offer and then get Him involved and bless. Oh, please, Christian, listen to me. Quit holding back on God. Give God your life holy. Give God your abilities holy. Give God the one life He's given you. He's not going to demand it of you, but you need to offer it. Because you would be amazed at what God would do when he blesses it. Oh, you know who was having the best time that day? I believe it was the little lad. Oh, wait till I tell mama how many people her lunch fed. Oh, and he got whooped at home for lying because she didn't believe him. But God did beyond what even he could provide. And I believe he hung his head a little bit and offered that. I don't know what it'll do, but he can have it. If it feeds nobody but him, he can have it. And you and I need to quit looking at what we don't have and be reminded of who's asking for it. And I don't have any more than I have, but he can have it. And I only have this much talent and this much ability, but he can have it. I only have this much strength, but he can have it. Oh, and Pastor, I know he, 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 we put out, we want to reach our city, we want to reach people and reach families, and, and, and I, we need to do that, but I just don't have, no, what you have, give to him. He'll bless it. 
That leads me to number four and finally. What are they among so many? I said number three, they were blessed. Number four, they were a blessing. Notice the progression of this miracle. It just had to be available. It had to be in the 5,000. God already knew it was there. It was available. But Jesus was not going to demand it. But the need was put out, and it was offered. Five loaves, two fishes. Why bother? Because Jesus was going to take and give thanks and bless it. And when what we have that's available is offered and God blesses it, it is a blessing. We know the end of the story. We know there were 5,000 men there plus the women and children who were hungry, who were weak because they had not eaten. I remind you where this took place. In a wilderness place, There was no McDonald's. There was no Walmart. There was no market of any kind. It would be a day for them to get, at least a day to get back to where they could actually get some food. And there was that many people, and they had a need, and God wanted to meet that need. And when one little lad, who for whatever reason, he was the only one who had that, when he offered it, God blessed it, and everybody there got a blessing off of his five loaves and his two fishes. Everybody got a blessing off of his little lunch that could barely feed him. Everybody else got a blessing because he offered what God asked for. And all history tells us, it's recorded on the pages of Scripture. It's recorded in history. It's recorded in the annals of heaven. And you and I have all been affected by people who they just offered what they had. And when God got involved in it, God used their life, and God used their abilities, and God used their situation, and God used their opportunity, and God used their prayers, and God used their encouragement, and God used them to be a blessing to us. And all of us are the result of somebody offering their lunch to God. All of us are a result of somebody saying, I don't have a whole lot. As a matter of fact, it is an insult almost to offer God what little I do have. But friend, you and I must be reminded that when God takes it and he blesses it, it meets the needs of those beyond us, and it is a blessing. I wonder how many this morning could be a great blessing. And you could affect the little life of a little boy and a little girl if you just offer what you have. You could affect somebody on a foreign mission field if you just offer what little you have. You can affect somebody who you've never met, who has a need today, but God is going to allow your path to cross their path. It's going to be the very moment that God has intersected your lives, and you just offered what you had, and God got involved in it, and God blessed it. Oh, what would happen for a church to say, we don't have a whole lot, but God, whatever we have, you have it, just bless it, and God will use what we have to be a blessing to somebody else. Mom and dad, you don't have to be the perfect parent. Just offer what you have to God. Let God get involved in it, and you'll be a blessing. 
Hey, as a Sunday school teacher, you don't have to have all the abilities of somebody else. You don't have to know what the pastor knows. You just have to say, God, with the limited ability I have, I offer to you and let God get involved in that and let it be a blessing to somebody else. You don't have what it takes to save somebody's soul. You don't have what it takes to offer forgiveness of sins. But let me tell you what you do have. You have something, you have a life that's available. You have an opportunity that's available. You just offer what you have and let God get involved in it, and you can be a blessing to somebody else. The problem is not do we have a God who can do a miracle. problem in our world today, in our churches, in our homes. By the way, the problem in our nation could be solved, and we don't need Congress to solve it. We don't need a president to solve it. What we have sits on the church pews of our churches. But we look at the situation around us, we look at the obstacles we face, we look at the mistakes that we've made. We look at how big the world is we live in, and we look at how inadequate we are. We say, what's the use? I can't really make a difference. We have a God who looks in the crowd. He said, I want to touch the lives of 5,000 people. Friends, it's not about you. It's about the 5,000 people that God wants to feed. He says, I know what you have. If you just offer it, I'd feed every one of these people. Friend, my mind, as I preached this morning, the names of greatly used people of God appear in my mind this morning. I think of Hudson Taylor. In the tens of thousands who, who claimed the name of Christ through his ministry, he didn't see the China Inland Mission when he was but a young doctor having gone through medical school. But he looked at God and said, God, I'll give you my loaves and fishes if you'll use it. I think of the name of Sunday school teachers like Daisy Hawes, Think of Sunday school teachers like the name of Ed Kimball. I think of just ordinary men and women who were inadequate, but God showed them an opportunity. They say, God, I'll give you my five loaves and my two fishes. He said, that's exactly what I needed. And let me bless that. And let me use that. And those boys and girls that were taught Sunday school. One of them would go on to be the name of Dr. Lee Robertson. The name D.L. Moody, ring a bell. Oh, it was just an ordinary man, an ordinary lady who said, God, I'll give you what you have. And God used their life to be a blessing to thousands. Just offered what they had. I wonder who sits behind their door today without any hope, with a burden, 
They look at the things that are going on in this world and they don't have the hope. They don't know the hope you and I have. And friend, I know it's the one-year anniversary of three weeks to curve. And we can brush that off because we know there's a sovereign God. We know God is in control, but there are people who are afraid because they don't know God. I wonder in a climate like we have today with political upheaval and with people literally afraid to even go out into public, I wonder what would happen if God's people today said, God, I know I can't solve the problem politically. I know I can't solve the problems of this world has. But if you want what I have, you can have it. And God would take those loaves and fishes, and God would take what was available and offered, and he would bless it, and a life would be a blessing. What do you have that's available? What do you have that you're, you have not given God? What are you withholding from God? I wonder if the Lord had not stopped them and said, I'll take the loaves and fishes. I wonder if they just gave it back and said, okay, you're on your own, everybody go home. It's just a providence. I mean, God hasn't provided I'm afraid that's the attitude in a lot of churches today. Well, look at the world we're in. There's, if God wanted to change it, He could. Oh, but He wants to change it. He's just waiting on you to offer your loaves and fishes. Oh, but I don't know. Did you see how desperate we were for toilet paper a year ago? I'm not giving up my loaves and fishes. I don't want to go hungry. Give it to God. And God will take care of you. Oh, by the way, the lad ate. By the way, when God said they were filled, that include the lad. The lad said, oh, I can't eat no more. He's from the south. He said, I, I can't eat another bite. I can't have any more. I am stuffed. He ate too. But so did everybody else. And God will provide for you, and He will take care of your needs, and He will give you the wisdom that you need, but He'll also allow you to be a help and a blessing to somebody else. Who in your neighborhood could be helped if you'd offer your loaves and fishes? Who do you work with that could be helped if you'd offer your loaves and fishes? What little boys and what little girls who'll be put up on a bus and brought to Sunday school could be helped if you give your loaves and fishes? What are they among so many? I gave you four things they were. I'm going to summarize it like this. What are they among so many? Enough. Enough. Pastor, what is one church in a city the size of Jacksonville, Florida? It's enough. It's enough. If we offer what we have to Him. Father, I pray.